0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Hear with me now the words of the Lord for this morning. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, it will be all yours. And Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down for here, for it is written... He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up on their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O loving God, we gather this morning to hear your word read and proclaimed, to sing our praises, to offer thanks for our blessings, to lay our petitions at your feet, and to gather around your table. All of this we do as we bask in the glory of your grace. So during this bit, may your word speak to us. May during this time together, may your spirit change us. So that we would leave this place not as hearers of your word only, but as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, Amen. So the Swiss theologian Karl Barth wrote these words once, he said, take your Bible and take your newspaper and read them both, but interpret your newspaper from your Bible. I've been thinking about those words this week, those words this week that he wrote so long ago, and think about what they mean for us, especially as I've watch the evening news and the State of the Union address, as I've read the Winston-Salem and the Wall Street Journals of all the news of the world, been thinking about that, but then also this text for the first Sunday of Lent that I just read, what would this text say to us? How does it inform our faith? How does it help us face the news that we see in this season? In worship last week, as we marked the transfiguration, that line between Epiphany and this Lenten season, we remembered God's words, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And we left worship thinking about this idea of listening, not just hearing the words, but internalizing them and living them out in our lives. How do we listen to them? On Wednesday this past week, Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, where we came together, some of us in worship, we were marked of a minder that we are God's children and that we are penitent, that we have things to repent for, things that we need to confess along with our sinfulness. All of that coming together. And so we're now at the start of the Lenten season, just four days into it, if you will, But Lent is more than just 40 days of giving up stuff. I mean, many folks say, what are you giving up for Lent? I'm giving up chocolate or I'm giving up coffee or alcohol or tact or meanness or Brussels sprouts. I mean, we say these things, right? But do we know why we give them up? We give them up to remind us of the sacrifice, the denial that Christ had in the wilderness, so that we are pointed to God. Or maybe some of us don't give things up. We take things on, like, I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more gracious. I'm going to serve. I'm going to read my Bible. And folks, frankly, whether you give stuff up or not, if you're not reading your Bible, let's read our Bible. It's the roadmap for life. But Lent is a season. It's a season for us to take a proverbial long look in the mirror. So take a long look at our lives and ask ourselves, are we the people that God wants us to be? Are we the people that God needs us to be for the world? So think about this passage that I just read out of Luke and think about how this passage might actually tell us exactly what it is that God wants from us for the sake of the world. I mean, Jesus is 40 days in the wilderness praying and that's a part of what we should do is if we're not on our knees on a daily basis praying, we should be doing that. Praying for each other, praying for our church, heavens to Betsy, praying for the world. But as he was praying, he was visited by the devil. He was tempted by the things of the world. The devil knew he was hungry he said, Take care of yourself. Think only of you. Turn this rock into bread. And Jesus said, one can't live by bread alone. There's more to life than just feathering the nest, if you will. He said, look at all these kingdoms. They can be yours if you worship me. He said, there's more to life than worshiping ego and evil. There's serving the Lord, serving God. He took him up to the temple and he said, dare God, jump off of here and dare God to lift you up. He said, faith is about more than just daring God. It's about living into it. Don't tempt the Lord your God, he said. And so this text becomes a guide for us as we look at the mirror of our lives. Do we ask ourselves these questions? Do we resist the evil around us? Do we deny ourselves for the sake of others? Do we focus on listening to God and what God wants us to do, who God wants us to be? And so thinking about this text and thinking about the stories that I read in the paper this week, and there are three of them that I kind of want to bring out because I think this text helps us deal with the news of the day. The stories, the three that I want to talk about are what's happening in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. The Purdue Pharma Opioid Bankruptcy Settlement, the news that we received just at the end of the week that the United Methodist Church's general conference is being postponed for two years. If you're like me, you've been following what's happened in Ukraine for the last 10 days, watching this invasion and asking this question, what can I do? And the answer that we keep coming back to is that we can pray. We can pray for peace. We can pray for the displaced, we can pray for those that are suffering, for those who have lost loved ones. But we can also pray for those in our community who have loved ones in service to our country, whether it's in foreign service or military service who are stationed in Europe because we don't know what this means for them. See, my friends, prayer is the best weapon that we have for the ills and the evils of this world, and believe it or not, This what's happening in Ukraine is horrible. It is evil that we haven't seen in some 80 years or more. The other thing that we can do is that we can help. That's why we shared with you the information on how to be involved with UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, because they are our boots on the ground. The great thing of a connectional system like our denomination is that we can help support folks who are helping those in the greatest need. Right where they are. We have churches in Ukraine helping the displaced, the suffering. But as we watch a new war unfold in Europe, it's hard to not see the parallels of previous ones, isn't it? I mean, Putin's invasion of Ukraine is on par with Hitler's invasion of the Sudetenland in Poland. And so, as we watch the Russian troop movements as they bombard a sovereign nation, we witness evil in its fullest of manifestation. We see the ego of a leader larger than his care for human life. And the parallels between that and between Nazi Germany's invasion of Europe remind me of something that Martin Niemoller, the German priest, said: "They came for the socialists, and I said nothing because I wasn't a socialist." They came for the tradespeople, and I said nothing because I wasn't a trade unionist. They came for the Jews, and I said nothing because I'm not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. So we look at the news and we say, what else can we do, Glenn, besides pray? What else can we do besides give to Umcor?" My friends, we can speak out. That's the beauty of what's happened. The world is speaking out. The world is closing in on Russia and isolating them so they will realize this needs to stop. But we can speak out too. We can add our voices to theirs. We can write letters. We can send emails. We can make phone calls to our government leaders. They will listen to us. Let our voices be heard just as when we sing together that the heavens hear our voices, let them hear our voices for peace. For a cease of the hostilities and a return of a sovereign nation. But even as we think about that and the tragedy and the evil that's happening in Ukraine, there is still yet something more that we can do. As we think about speaking up and speaking out, Folks, there are evils and injustices happening right around us each and every day, even here in our community. Maybe not on the grand scale of a European war, but they are still injustices, They are still evils. And so the lesson for us, if we want to reject the evil through prayer, we want to reject evil through our baptismal vows, then we must stand up and speak against it. Speak against bullying in our schools. Speak against the curtailing of voting rights. Speak against the funding disparities in our education system. If we want to stand up to the evil like what is happening in Ukraine, it starts right here in our backyard before that evil takes root and divides us and destroys us. If we don't speak out... Who will speak for God in our community? We also read this week that the family that owned Purdue Pharma, the maker of OxyContin, which has caused so much damage to families and individuals through this opioid epidemic, that they are contributing $6 billion, that's right, $6 billion with a B, of their own money to this bankruptcy settlement case. Some of this money will go to the victims and their families who have filed class action lawsuits, but make no mistake about it, this money is not going to bring back loved ones. It's not going to help recover the lost years. It won't help fully reimburse the financial or emotional toll that the opioid epidemic has had in our community. But it leaves this question for me as I read that. I wonder if the family that made so much, I wonder if they saw how it turned out, if they would be willing, if they would have liked to wind the clock back and do something different. So as not to cause this kind of damage, was it worth it is the question I want to ask them. The same question is for us as we think about our daily lives, our interactions, the way we behave in business at home. As the way we behave in our communities as leaders, as individuals, do we look in the mirror and ask ourselves, do we think of ourselves more or first, but we think of others? Do we think about the impact our actions have on the world around us, on the individuals in our lives, do we tend to others and our soul first? Because that's what matters most before we think about the bread and the dough that we surround ourselves with. And then finally, as it was announced that General Conference is being postponed, they shared with us that you know this is, this is church congress, if you will, And so it's being postponed because of all the complications with the coronavirus, helping make sure that the delegates that come from around the globe, that they can be properly tested, that they can be properly vaccinated, but that they can even get visas. Because the pandemic has gummed up the whole visa system for those trying to come to our country. But already, as that news is landing, as we're absorbing that, the caucus groups are beginning to finger point And being a claim that we have the moral high ground, that we have the right idea. Our side is the best side. Our side is the side you want to be on. And what comes to mind as I think about it, it's all claiming this idea of the right side of things. The greatest position of things. I'm reminded that when the disciples asked Jesus, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, that he just sort of called time out. And he said, the answer is not what you think. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one that is servant of them all. The one that loves God with a fullness of heart. The one that loves their neighbor as themselves. And so as I think about this, what does it mean for us, this postponing of general conferences, we see these groups trying to claim that they are the first. What does it mean for us as the church universal? The work of the church as a denomination, the work of this church as a congregation Well, the work of this church is you as individuals, because folks, we are the church deployed wherever we go. Here's what it means. While all the leaders sort out the future and what are the issues, the here and now, the work of the church is right in front of us every day. We walk out the doors of this congregation. The work of the church is right in front of us. It's right there with the person next to you. Part of the reason I ask you to turn and greet your neighbor at the end of worship is if you don't know who they are to get to know them because they're your brother and your sister. You don't know what they're going through, they don't know what you're going through, but my guess is you need each other. Because that's the gospel truth. See, it's you and me listening to Christ, serving the world that makes the biggest difference. So for the next 36 days, the rest of this Lenten season, I invite you to do this with me, to be very serious about this. If you're like me, you probably have your morning routine, your regular kind of way you do things. Maybe you get up and you take a walk and then you come back and you pour a cup of coffee and you prop your feet up and you read the paper. Maybe you do the first 15. Maybe you don't. But here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you as you read the paper, read the paper, and then read your Bible. Grab this book, read the first 15 that comes out every week, but read your Bible. And then as you get ready for the day, as you're fixing your hair, as you're trying to figure out if you look tired or not, or energized for the day, or as whatever you do in the mirror, as you look at that, look beyond that. Look deep into your eyes in the mirror. And ask yourself these questions. What do I think about the news I read today? More importantly, what does the Bible tell me to do with it? Because my friends, the words in this book guide our lives. No matter what we read in the paper, God is still God of the universe and God is still speaking to us through the silence of prayer, but definitely through the book. So let us look into our eyes in the mirror. Am I the person God wants me to be? What does God want me to do with the news I read today? And then as we put our shoes on to go out into the world, that we go out living those words for the sake of the world around us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings.